This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 15th of September. In your Squiz today... A new housing plan gets the green light. The flood death toll rises in Libya. Rethinking your coffee hit. And cheers to a new sign-off. This is your Squiz today. The Albanese government's plan for more affordable housing got the green light in federal parliament yesterday. It's been many months of political wrangling in the making and it was one of Labor's key election promises. And it's called the Housing Australia Future Fund. Claire, the aim of it is to build 30,000 affordable homes right around the country over the next five years. Yeah, but there's no date set for when that construction will start and that's because of how this fund is structured. It will work by the government dropping in about $10 billion to an investment fund and the plan is they'll use the returns to fund the building of the homes. But there is a commitment to spend at least $500 million a year. Housing Minister Julie Collins says that she hopes that it'll take less than a couple of months to get up and running. So they're going to have to get motoring on that now. Uh, We're also not sure about where the homes are going to be built, but we do know that there's going to be at least 1,200 in each state. The government also has targets for who it wants to help. At least 4,000 homes will be earmarked for women and children who are impacted by domestic and family violence, and also older women at risk of homelessness. Claire, it took Labor months of negotiations with the Greens to get them on board and get this bill passed. Yeah, on this one, the government's battle wasn't with the coalition. They opposed it right from the start. But to get the numbers, to get it through Parliament, it was the Greens that Labor needed support from. And they came to an agreement earlier this week after Labor promised an extra $1 billion to go into public and community housing. Uh, The Greens wanted a national rent freeze. They've been talking talking about the issues that renters have been having in the market for quite a while, but they didn't get that through with the government. Housing and homelessness support services say it will make an enormous difference to Australia's housing crisis, but the Master Builders Group has concerns about getting it done. They predict there will be a shortfall in builders from 2025. We spoke about Libya's floods earlier this week and the United Nations now says that it's shaping up to be a calamity of epic proportions. The death toll there has risen to more than 5,300 people. Yeah, it's a lot of people, but authorities there say that as many as 20,000 people might have died. Uh, What happened was that there was a very big storm and that caused dams to collapse. Uh, It flooded the port city of Derna, which is in Libya's east, and reports say as much as 45% of the city was washed into the sea. The pictures of that are just incredible. Uh, Aid agencies say that they need more body bags to stop the spread of disease because the sea is constantly dumping bodies back on shore. Experts say that huge flood happened because local dams hadn't been maintained properly and that's due to the political instability in the region. 
Chris Dawson will be sentenced today for additional historic offences. He's, of course, the former Sydney teacher and rugby league player who murdered his wife, Lynette, back in 1983. Yeah, he's already in jail serving a 24-year sentence for that murder, but he'll be serving additional time. Uh, He will get that sentence today after he was found guilty of unlawful carnal knowledge of a student more than 40 years ago. Uh, That happened when he was a teacher at Cromer High on Sydney's northern beaches. She's also suing the New South Wales government. She said that it breached its duty of care over that inappropriate and sexually abusive relationship with Dawson. She hasn't been named, but reports say she went on to marry Dawson and have a child with him before they split in the early 90s. So that's the story to be on the lookout for today. Once we're done recording this morning, Claire, I think we'll both be off to get a coffee. (laughs) And that will be timely because experts reckon the best time to get your first caffeine hit of the day is around 90 to 120 minutes after you wake up. Yeah, it's a bit of a long time to wait if coffee really is your thing to get your heart started and to get you going. (laughs) But it really is a bit of a public service announcement for anyone who gets out of bed and goes straight to that coffee machine. I can certainly put my hand up to that. (laughs) Uh, Experts say that it's better to hold off because cortisol, which is the hormone that raises your energy levels once you're awake, it drops off at about mid-morning. Anyone who's had that mid-morning slump would know that. So they say it's a good idea to wait until then to have your caffeine. It's a long time to wait a couple of hours. Um, When it comes to the optimum caffeine cutoff time, the experts say it's a really good idea to avoid it before bed. Uh, but the way it affects people's sleep varies from person to person. And if you're someone who prefers tea over coffee, you might be happy to hear there's new tea bags out that only take 30 seconds to brew. I know that sounds like a tea ad, but I promise it's (laughs) not. They were released after a survey of the kings and queens of tea, British people, found 85% were leaving their tea bags in for less than a minute rather than the three minutes that they're supposed to. Sorry to say, Claire, I only dunk mine for 15 seconds. (laughs) Three minutes is a long time to have your tea bag in the water. (laughs) We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN pn.com forward slash squiz today. We just called out everyone's coffee and tea practices and there's some more bad news this morning, also from the UK. It's about email sign-offs. They've done a survey of 2,000 people and they reckon starting emails with dear or signing off with yours sincerely makes people sound old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. They say that those particular phrases could even die out in the English language in about 10 years. So uh, it's really not the way to go. But in contrast to that, if you're, you know, many thanks or cheers or best wishes, if that's the kind of person you are, they do hit the mark with 
particularly workers, if you're in a work setting, if you put that into your email. Um, The survey also found higher in one word, H-I-Y-A, higher, which sounds very British. Um, (laughs) It's acceptable for under 24-year-olds, but a third of over 45-year-olds find it over-familiar. The biggest driver of these email language changes might not come as a surprise. It's down to the popularity of instant messaging platforms and also Gen Z entering the workforce. Best wishes to them. Friday means Friday lights, Claire. What have you got for us today? Look, I really don't believe that soup is food because it's a liquid and no (laughs) one gets excited about soup. But I do have a soup recipe for today. I tried it last weekend. I knocked up a batch of this corn chowder uh, and had it on a Sunday night. It was really delicious. It's just great for a Sunday night where you don't really feel like cooking, but you want something quite nice. It's got and this is what converted me, toasted cheesy tortilla chips. They're really good. I'll pop the link to that one in the episode notes today if you want to check it out. And tomorrow we've got a new episode of Saturday Squiz out. What's in store for us, Claire? Yeah, a couple of big local stories, of course. There's been quite a bit going on here uh, and a couple of big international stories. So we'll synthesise all of that and do a quick recce over the news of the week. Uh, Also, as always, a couple of good recommendations. Kate's got a really cracking one. So looking forward to talking through that with her. And just a reminder that if you enjoy our podcast, we'd love for you to leave us a review, maybe over your morning coffee this morning. It really helps us to get the word out to other people about what we do here at The Squiz. Have a great Friday and weekend and we'll be back with you on Monday. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at SquizKids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.